Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. It's great to be on the fastest growing podcast in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, 25 countries. That's big. I remember when this was an idea. So excited. Yeah. So it's help, help the audience understand what do you do for a living? And then I'm going to ask a follow up question. How did you get there? Yeah. So um, along with a list of other things, I'll start with the core business. Uh, my core business is I work as a sports and media rights agent. Well, you know, as I'm listening to you, I know that you you do a few things with sports. Can you name a couple of them for us? Sure. So um, probably one of our biggest clients is my favorite client, which would be Chris Paul. Oh, wow. Uh, who Local uh, boy. Yeah, local boy. Uh, but outside of Chris Paul, the, the list sort of goes on. Uh, each one of the Mannings, uh, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. Uh, we have a gentleman in our firm who represents Aaron Rodgers. Is someone listening to us right now that people are telling them or their children or their grandchildren that they can't be what they think they can be? Can you give them advice on how did you become what many said you would never become? Yeah. So um, the one sort of thing that I find it's common ground, it's always hard work uh, and the ability to just put your head down and just work from something that I actually learned from Odell, which was uh, I wasn't looking for a hand uh, uh, um, a handout. I was looking for a hand up. And uh, I just emailed people asking for sort of guidance and mentorship. Out of the 375, I think 19 wrote me back. The A-ish, you you also had an experience going through the Israeli security system. (laughs) I did, I did. Um, And uh, you also had a special stamp. Yes, yeah, I had a special stamp. (laughs) I had a special stamp. A passport stamp for high-risk or, yeah, high-risk individuals. Wow. Yeah. Everybody was so gracious when we went to the Jordan River to be baptized by Odell. There's this crazy white guy that ends up getting baptized and they dump him in the water and he comes up shouting hallelujah or something like that. (laughs) And literally everybody who was there turned around and looked at us and it was an incredible, funny, hilarious experience. But that that white guy was Bill and (laughs) Odell dumped him in the water. He come up yelling hallelujah. And I I said mazel tov. Mazel tov, yeah, correct. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill. One. You got to have one. A nope. token black person? A token and there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you to say thank you for your grace and mercy. In spite of everything and because of everything, we know that you're still in charge. We continue to pray for the families of Ukraine. We pray for everyone who understands and seeks justice. And we just thank you for friendship and understanding. Thank you for blessing our families. Thank you for blessing our businesses. Thank you for just blessing us. So we thank you, God, 
for all that you're doing and all that you will continue to do. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and believe. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for Ish getting to meet him on a trip to Israel on the civil rights trip and developing a friendship. Thank you for Odell and bringing him into my life. Uh, thank you for the successful um, fundraiser he did for the youth of North Carolina this past weekend, a derby party. And we ask for blessings on the Youth Protection Symposium that we're doing on October 28th. Uh, Lord, just thank you for all the things you've done. Amen. Father God, I come to you today uh, humbly just saying thank you uh, for allowing me to travel to Greensboro safe uh, to this podcast with Bill and Odell. I ask that you continue to watch over their families and uh, continue to protect their kids. Uh, and I ask you just to continue to guide my path, Father God, and that I be a loyal servant to you. It is in your name, uh, son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Bill, guess what? What, buddy? The good looking black guy has lost 22 pounds. Holy. Bill, I am. Listen, listen. I know. Holy. I get it. Bill, I am a awesome, mean, lean sex machine. Bill, I love it. I tell you what, Bill, Bill, Bill. Let, let me just tell you how it works. You go in the closet. And you look at those things that's been staring at you for years and you know you should have got rid of them and go to Goodwill or someplace, but you like one day, one day I must get back into it. And so one day, guess what? I'm getting there. I'm not completely there. I'm not there yet. But boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy. It just it's just interesting. And to our loyal listeners, you all remember when Sandy Brady came on and challenged me about a month ago. Odell, how much pounds you want to use? All that good stuff. And, you know, be, being, you know, I got to take a challenge, but it was something that it was good enough to get me to where I am. So now it feels good. 22 pounds lighter. So you all continue to root for the good looking black guy. So one day it's going to be the good looking black guy, slim and trim, the sex machine, according to my wife. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. It's, you know, losing weight is always a challenging thing. And uh, uh, I'm really proud of you that you're doing this. I've got. Uh, a couple comments. Uh, one is you're going to be really a, a lean, mean sex machine when we go to Paris and London. <laughs> yes, right? yes. So you're going to be uh, that's going to be in up. August and September, correct? S end of September, yeah, there you go. middle of September. So uh, we got five months. And then uh, the second thing is to celebrate this. Uh huh. I got a gallon of ice cream, chocolate ice cream oh, down come there on. for you. See, 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 that's, that's the folk because see, I'm excited about getting on the plane and anybody who travels a lot, you know, one of the things that people don't know, you get on the plane and it's like, okay, some seats have a large uh, seatbelt and some seats on the plane have short seatbelts. And I never, ever, and I, I thank God has never happened to me. I never, and nothing against anyone who does, I never had to get that extension. But, but, you know, it's been times where I had to adjust to make sure I didn't get the extensions. <laughs> and someone listening to me in all the states and how many countries we're now, Bill? 25. 25 countries knows exactly what I'm talking about. Now, when you fly first class, it's no problem. You know, it fits. But, boy, some of those flights, you're like, okay, I have to jiggle a little bit to make it snap, you know, and make it snap. And it is what it is. So life is good for the good-looking black guy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> life is good. We're going to take a new picture of you and put it on the, our uh, Facebook page and our website so they can see a before and after. There you go. There you go. I think that's a great idea. And the whole thing about weight loss, and I know that's not what the show about today, but the whole thing about it is spiritual, mentally, physically, and emotional for me. 
Hmm. more than I knew. But the thing about it is when you make it public, then you have to continue it. Oh, yeah. So that's why I'm making this public. That's why I want all our listening audiences to pull for Odell, support Odell, encourage Odell, pray for Odell, because I need it all. Very good. I have another question for you. Yes. Uh, You know, we're on some billboards around town. Uh, Uh Have you gotten any comments? Yes. Yes. People like all they do is see my smiley face. That's all they said. (laughs) It's like I'm riding down Battleground and I see this big old smiling (laughs) black guy up there. It is you. I'm like, yeah, life is good, man. Life is good. You know, in in the midst of everything is a lot to be thankful for. And that's what the smile is about. God, I thank you. Yeah. And we need to thank Marty Cotis for uh, putting us up on one of his billboards as well. Shout out to our boy, Marty. Marty, thank you, sir. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. And Marty's starting a podcast, right? The, yeah. the, the Maverick. And I think we were the original. We're the first guest on it. Uh, it's called The Maverick with Marty Cotis. And uh, it hasn't come out yet, uh, but it will. He's still doing the editing and some of the other elements of it. Uh, setting up his website and all that stuff. So as soon as we hear about it, we'll let everybody know and they can look for it on their favorite podcast platform. Well, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that two things we have a Maverick here today at Ishmael Henson, we'll introduce him in a minute. However, we would love to hear from our listening audience. You know how to contact us with the emails and everything else. Your thoughts, your thoughts, your thoughts on what a subject matter should and shouldn't be. Odell, uh, I'm happy for you. You're losing pounds. Anything you want, Bill, you know, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say, we want to hear from you and we appreciate you. Just want to let you know that because this thing is growing like wildfire and we believe that it's the Holy Spirit that has blown on it because like anybody, any good Boy Scout, any good camper know that if you have an ember and the wind gets to it and blows on it, how it turns into a flame and the Holy Spirit took an ember And what he did for me and Bill, he could do for you and blow on it. And it's turning into a raging fire. And I'm just thank God for it. Amen. Amen. Well, let's introduce our guest. I'm going to let you do that. Yes. You you have a longer history with him than I do. As long as he don't think he's a good looking black guy on the show. Ishmael Henson, the young, good looking black guy versus Odell, the moving toward slim and trim black guy. Ishmael Henson is a renaissance man. Ish uh, met him years ago. He played with my son on a high school basketball team. And you just knew this guy was special. And one thing led to another. And we start working together as mentoring. And now Ish travels um, a big part of the country. And I let him explain exactly what he does. But it's just amazing. God is good. Ish, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. I should have uh, asked God for uh, for thanks to helping Odell be uh, Mr. Sexy or whatever he's been working on. So this is great. Slim and trim. Slim, slim and trim. trim. Sex machine. Sex According machine. to my wife. Yep. Down 21 pounds. So I'm happy 22, 22. 22. I need every pound I can get. <laughs> so it's a big sack of potatoes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you both for having me. Um, Again, uh, it's it's great to be on the fastest growing podcast in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, 25 countries. That's big. I remember when this was an idea. So excited. Yeah. yeah. You actually sat through when we had Marty on the show. You sat in the audience here in our chair and listened to it. I did. I did. And one of the things I was going to bring up that I, I don't want you to forget, Bill, is that <clears throat> during that show you brought up, you said that uh, Odell said, how can we get Ish to come back? And Bill said, do you got the money? You got money? So 
for all the listeners, I haven't been paid just yet, but I, but I, I do want that money that you referenced, uh, Bill, yeah, at the show. Just keep waiting for it. Just okay. keep waiting for it. We'll checks in the day. mail, baby. Yeah. Checks in the mail. There we go. Yeah. We can we get go. you a bottle of water, maybe. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, Ish, help, help the audience understand what do you do for a living? And then I'm going to ask a follow-up question. How did you get there? Yeah. So, um, along with a list of other things, I'll start with the core business. Uh, my core business is I work as a sports and media rights agent uh, for a, uh, the world's largest and the world's best uh, sports and talent agency. So I'm based out of Los Angeles, California. Uh, and this is year, man, this is year, I guess, eight for me now. Um, and it's been a good run. So uh, that's, that's, that's my day job. And, and outside of that, um, since about 2011, I've been involved in everything from uh, real estate to uh, a bunch of other things. So um, I appreciate the Renaissance Man title. I'm, I'm nowhere at the level of the Maverick uh, Marty, um, but uh, but yeah, I dabble in a couple of things. Well, Ish, now your background—you didn't grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth. You didn't—you weren't born on second or third base, and now all of a sudden, how did you take the fact that? much like my background and bills, a lot of people told you you couldn't do some of the things that you're doing. Is someone listening to us right now that people are telling them or their children or their grandchildren that they can't be what they think they can be. Can you give them advice on how did you become what many said you would never become? Yeah. So um, as most of the listeners don't know, I'm born and raised uh, Greensboro and uh, yeah, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon. Um, and I didn't grow up with, you know, every opportunity that a lot of friends and schoolmates of mine had. But the one thing that I did have was I had good parents and good parents who instilled hard work. And so no matter the level of business or the, the level of person that I've met um, or persons that I've met over the years, the one sort of thing that I find it's common ground, it's always hard work uh, and the ability to just put your head down and just work. Um, you know, Dell, I'll share with you some things about my perspective on, on, on companies and things like that as we get into it. But I think what, it, what it's allowed is God's grace and mercy and, uh, and hard work. Well, you know, as I'm listening to you, I know that you, you do a few things with sports uh, personalities and celebrities. Uh, can you name a couple of them for us? Sure. So um, as a company, we we represent some of the large, I mean, some of the world's, I'd say, renowned uh, actors, athletes and, and uh, entertainers as a whole. And so I would say our probably one of our biggest clients is my favorite client, which would be Chris Paul. Oh, wow. Uh, who local um, boy. Yeah, local boy, local boy, just right up from uh, up the road. And I uh, hopefully in about a month or so, uh, somebody will listen to this podcast and say that uh, issues issues Nostradamus because I'm picking Chris Paul to be the NBA finals MVP and to win uh, his uh, first title. Uh, but outside of Chris Paul, the, the list sort of goes on. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with the individuals who supported uh, each one of the Mannings, uh, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. Uh, we have a gentleman in our firm who represents Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work with a gentleman every day by the name of Jimmy Sexton, who actually represents uh, quite a few coaches in the Southeastern conference uh, represents Nick Saban. Uh, he's sort of known as the guy who founded college football. I mean, um, not college football, founded the representation business in college football and NFL. Um, so, I, you know, Bill, I, the list is super long, but I, I've been very, very fortunate to uh, have a bunch of mentors in the business and work literally 
on a daily basis with, with on a daily basis with some of the most brilliant and brightest and sort of mavericks uh, in the sports and representation business. But how did you get into that? Yeah, so um, I, I went to school at North Carolina Central, um, and I appreciated I appreciate everything that I learned from North Carolina Central. North Carolina Central taught me um, so much, and so I had some really good professors there that challenged me, and they didn't really challenge me from a uh, I'd say from a career standpoint, but from an academia standpoint to where it was like, you know, I could complain one day and say, hey, we don't have this in the library. We don't have that. And they're like, we'll take it a step further. And so um, Odell um, at the time, I think I remember uh, talking to Odell like, hey, Odell, after I leave college, I'm going to graduate and just move to Los Angeles, California. And uh, he didn't shoot it down. He says, hey, that's a great idea and you should do it. I remember uh, talking to my mother, and my father, and they all supported it as well. So I uh, got to California. Uh, things are a little different. Uh, when I got to California, I had a, uh, a folder of resumes and a uh, very old school, um, I don't even know what type of suit that'd be, but I'd just say a, a Tallheimer style suit or, you know, and it wasn't the, yeah. wasn't the most pleasant. Um, and I thought that the way California worked or that industry worked is that you walked around with resumes, you knocked on people's doors. And um, I learned very quickly, that's not how it works. And so, Bill, you know, at the time, uh, this was back 2013, LinkedIn was sort of the thing. And um, I actually sent about 375 emails within like a two day span. Holy cow. And what I would do is I would figure out the code to someone's email, not code, but I would figure out if your name was Bill Goble at SonyPictures.com. I'd figure out that back part of your email, get your first and last name and just email you from something that I actually learned from Odell, which was. Uh, I wasn't looking for a hand, uh, uh, um, a handout. I was looking for a hand up. And uh, I just emailed people asking for sort of guidance and mentorship out of the 375. I think 19 wrote me back uh, about 11 of them. I'm still in touch with to today. Uh, the biggest name on that list was actually at the time was like the, the global human resource officer of the Walt Disney company. Um, so again, when I think about my entire journey, um, it's, it's literally been God's grace mm. and him sort of God in the entire path. Cause I've met some people along the way that, uh, some would have probably said it wasn't possible. Um, and I'm not just talking about people from a celebrity standpoint, I'm talking even people from government related standpoint or whatever. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, that's how I, that's honestly how I got started. I sent a bunch of cold emails. Uh, someone responded and, and one of those gentlemen that responded said, Hey, you, you, you have this, all this energy, you have all this, you should go work at one of the, the talent agencies. And uh, Bill, that's the second part to it, the where I never even heard of a, a talent agency at the time and uh, applied to CAA and uh, got CAA, in. CAA, that's... CAA, so that's Creative Artist Agency. So, okay. you know, I, I would like to argue that we're probably the best, not probably, we are the best, but it's the largest uh, talent um, representation um, company in, in the world. Uh, we cover everything from um, soccer to football to basketball to media rights to do build a stadium. Do, do, you guys, do you guys do podcast personalities? Well, <laughs> well you know, listen, I was actually going to ask you that, Bill. Like what I want to do, we'll do it, but we do charge 40 percent. So okay. th will that work? Well, you can take it out of Odell's. <laughs> <laughs> but we actually do have a podcast division. We do, do have really? a podcast division. Oh, yeah, we, we do. We probably talk to him. We should. We should. Yeah. We should. We should hook that up. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it, Bill. Yeah, well, the rest folks, of the that's history. the end of the show. That's yeah. why we're at <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, let me ask you a question, though. Yeah. If, to Bill's point, 
I remember being your mentor for all these years. I remember once you called me and things wasn't working out when you first got in LA. It was kind of hit and miss. And I remember you were working in a restaurant washing pots and pans. And I think it was a Mexican restaurant and you were using these big old pots and pans. And I remember your hands, because of the chemicals, your hands were peeling and everything. And you said, Odell, I'm in here with a college degree. I'm in here chasing my dreams, but I have to do this. And the either the owner or the manager of the restaurant asked you, why are you here? Yeah. Can you share that whole, because you didn't give up. Can you share that whole experience? Yeah. So I'd say about three months into being in California, you learn very quickly that the prices are a little different. Um, and you learn, probably learn the first three minutes you're in town that the price is a little different. And so what ended up happening with me is that, again, there was a gap in the time that I moved to California and a gap in the time that I actually started at CAA. And so uh, I would spend a lot of times on, I would spend a lot of time on Craigslist looking for just day work or day, day jobs. And I found a, a posting one day that said, Hey, uh, work in a restaurant as a prep cook, this, this, this. And I'm like, great. I, I love the cook. And uh, in between sort of production jobs, I can go do this. But this job in particular was a dishwashing job. Um, it might have paid $9.50 an hour or something like that. It wasn't much. But uh, essentially for about 14 hours straight, uh, I was just washing dishes. Wow. And the chemicals and all of this stuff infected my, uh, got up under my nails and affected my fingers. Um, and yeah, I was probably... You know, most would say that probably should have been your lowest point, but I was, I was still, I still had the drive and the, and then, and like, even that night after I called Odell, yes, I was devastated, but I was even more excited to get back up the next day and go back to their gig because I knew that that was going to sort of keep me afloat and keep me out in LA and keep me sort of in the mix and the hustle and bustle, which, which I uh, still enjoy that chase today. And so, yes, it was a, um, you know, those are the times that we think back on. Uh, it was a tough time, but it wasn't the worst time. But I will say that, uh, yeah, there was a gentleman I was, I re- never forget it. Probably it was about midnight and we were getting ready to get paid. And he's like, man, why are you here? You know, well, you know, you're young, you got, because I told him I went to college and I did, did all this. And I just told him, you know, hey man, like, this is what I got to do to get where I want to go. Um, and believe it or not, I, I stayed working that job for quite some time, but it was a, it was a pretty brutal job um, yeah. along with a bunch of other jobs. Yeah, you well. know, it, you came up with hard knocks like I did and uh, you do what you got to do. Do you remember how much you made an hour? It was about nine fifty. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. In California, <laughs> that is below. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Holy and, cow. And, and, and I, I will, I will not call out the company, but I will say, I do remember um, I'd worked like up until like seven thirty one time. And I'm thinking, well, since I've been here 30 minutes, they're going to give me the full dollar or the full dollar amount. And no, they like broke it down and changed. Like <laughs> here's the 45 cent that you just made for this 28 minutes or whatever, whatever. And then, but you know, again, I Bill, like when I, when I think about the school of the hard knocks um, while I was doing that job at the time, Uber wasn't really like what Uber was just yet. It hadn't really sort of took over on a global scale. And so you both will laugh at this, but uh, I remember going to like, a, uh, I went to a, consignment store and they had like a pilot hat and I already had this box black suit that I brought out there to do all of my job interviews. So I bought the pilot hat. I would put the pilot hat on and I had a car at the time and I would literally put posts on Craigslist and tell people professional driving, take you to the airport round trip. And I was probably booked four or five times a week with repeating customers. But again, you, you do what you got to do to make ends meet. 
And uh, I, I well, wait a minute, though, Ish. Here you are, educated, young, gifted, and black, uh, from a prestigious position going out there. And some would say you lowered yourself to be a put on a, a hat mm-hmm. like a servant, like driving Miss Daisy. And when you wasn't driving Miss Daisy, you were washing big giant pots mm-hmm. in a Mexican restaurant. Nothing wrong with a Mexican restaurant. But you probably was one of the few people in that whole restaurant that had a college degree. Correct. Yeah. But again, Odell, it, it goes back to what I think the, the the three of us have all went through at some point in life. Um, you know, you get out of life what you put into it. Right. And mm-hmm. so if you put in hard work, you bootstrap, you figure things out and, you know, you sort of ride the waves. Because, um, again, I, I moved from North Carolina with a job. That's the one thing that Odell is sort of referencing. I didn't leave North Carolina as a college student with no money. I actually left North Carolina with a, with a small savings uh, and with a plan and a dream. And the plan did get the, it did get deferred um, to a point uh, because I thought that once I arrived to California, I was going to give out a resume. I had a job instantly. I was going to go work with, uh, at the time it was Bob Iger, the chairman of Walt Disney company and, and be his right-hand man and cruise Hollywood. That's what I thought. Uh, at least that was the dream. Um, and that's still a dream, right? Um, and I've never sort of got off the dream, but the plan did get deferred a little bit, but I didn't allow my circumstance or what I was dealing with at the time to say, well, maybe you need to change the dream. No, the dream will never change. I'll keep thriving, keep going after and after and after, whatever that dream is now. Um, but yeah, it didn't it didn't change at all, Odell, and, and the circumstances not once maybe want to alter the dream. That's fantastic. You know, um, you made me think about when I was growing up, uh, the folks here in podcast know I'm the oldest debate. My dad is a fireman, so we didn't have a lot of money. So if you wanted to go to college, you got you had to pay your way. And uh, I, I, I did uh, three jobs while I was going through college. Wow. In the morning, I would get up, uh, show up at the local grocery store where I worked uh, during high school at six o'clock in the morning. And I was a janitor. I cleaned the toilets and ran the machine, cleaned the floors. I'd be done at 10. Then mm. I'd drive downtown Cleveland and go to school till about 2.30. And then I'd walk down downtown Cleveland about 10 blocks to a law firm and worked as a docket clerk and filed pleadings till about five. Then I went back to school for night class. And then I do it again the next day. And on the weekends, I drove, my uncle had a bus company. So I would drive his buses uh, and, uh, on Sunday, I'd love driving the bus on Sunday because you'd get the first run at seven o'clock or six o'clock and you wouldn't have a customer, but you have a good cup of coffee and wow. the whole road to yourself, <laughs> watch the sun come up. It was, it was great. And, uh, so, you know, you think about all those hours. My mom one time said to me, you know, my grades weren't that great in college. They were horrible in high school, but they got better in college. And she says, you know, you probably cost yourself some grades, because you were working so much, you didn't have time to study. Never occurred to me, but she's probably right. Uh, but you know, those hard knocks, like you were just talking about, I bet you don't make $9 an hour now. Uh, no, I don't make $9 an hour now. Um, but if I had to go, I probably wouldn't go wash any dishes right now at a restaurant, but you do something. If, uh, you if, got that hat? I, I don't have the hat anymore, <laughs> but if we can, if we can talk Marty into building some new cool restaurant, I may go in and be his line cooker, yeah. help him out or something like that yeah. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell Marty, I'll come work with him as long as I don't have to wash the dishes. Yeah. And you get fed. Yeah. And I get fed. Yeah. And I get yeah. fed. And I get fed. That's good. Yeah. So no, but 
again, like I've, um, there, there wasn't a stage or there wasn't a point at any time of, of, uh, you know, sort of my journey of moving, uh, to the West coast to where I, um, even thought about turning around or, or saying, Hey, let me go back. Obviously there, there were times that sort of crossed my mind. Um, cause I didn't fully gain uh, full-time employment for about six months. I would say one of the, the lowest times when I called Odell was probably, uh, the day my, uh, my vehicle got repossessed. <laughs> oh yeah. That's not a good day. I've had that happen. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's how you do it though, Bill. So I got to tell you how I did it. And it's, and I, I thought I did it with class, but it didn't, um, I ended up getting looked, uh, looked at a little crazy, but anyway, I uh, couldn't make the payment because I had to choose either live in California and make this car payment. And uh, remember, that was the same car I was doing my pilot trips with. So the pilot trip business went out of business after the car got taken. Uh, but yeah, one day. Yeah. Odell, go ahead and laugh. Yeah. No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at. I remember those calls yeah. and how I had to be so supportive on the other end of the phone because I wanted to be and I never wanted to be the guy to say, hey, pack it up, come home. And it's hard. It's hard when someone you love and care for is on the other end of the phone going through challenges. And I remember you saying they 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 took my car and they won't even let me get my stuff out of the car. But but I'll be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's real. So <laughs> I wasn't going to go that deep, but I will. But you know, at the time I didn't have a full-time place to stay. Um, I would crash on a friend's place over here. Uh, if I worked enough hours with a lot of these jobs, I would then get me a motel and stay there. And so you're homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially um, that night, leave it to the white guy to say, <laughs> Hey man, you're homeless. Listen, yeah. you, you're not couch surfing. You're not going from motel yeah. to motel. My good white friend, Republican <laughs> Bill said, yo, bro, you are homeless. Hey, look, folks, I'm the minority here. So they're abusing me. Yeah. They're abusing right. me. Right. But you know, I was thinking while you're talking, I said, you weren't out clubbing. You couldn't afford it. No, no, but that's never really been my nature though. Yeah. 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 But uh, what ended up happening with that vehicle was all my stuff was in this vehicle. And so I went to sleep one night, woke up the next morning, go outside of, uh, go outside the place and I'm looking around. So I call the sheriff's department. Somebody stole my car. You guys need to figure this out now. And I had such an attitude. I was so rude. And um, the lady called back. She says, okay, well, can I get your information? I will call you back. Calls back, super polite. She's like, yeah. Um, so we looked into this. Your car was actually on a repossession list. Have you made the payment? Oh, this has to be some type of mistake. Not me. Um, <laughs> and then the conversation was pretty short after then. But uh, but yeah, that's what happened. And so all of my, I traveled out to California with a lot of camera equipment, you know, sort of everything that was a part of his dream and it all got taken away and I wasn't able to get it. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Wow. That's harsh. That's harsh. Yeah. But, you know, what, what, what I will say, the beauty of that and how God works is that that day that the car got repossessed was my first day at CAA it was my first day at work. Wow. My full-time gig and it gets even better. So I, uh, I had a book bag upstairs and it had like exactly, exactly like $2 and 12 cent in it. I think it was like $2 and 10 cent for me to get a round trip bus ticket from my, well, from the front door where I was staying to CAA and back. And so, you know, Again, man, I can't I can't talk about how good God has been to me in my life. Um, but that's just a test, a small testimony to say, yes, my car got repossessed. Yes, I lost sort of 95 percent of my things and my belongings, but I still um, had money to get to work. I had a full time job and, you know, 
Did, were your suit in your um? Was that your your tall hammer suit? Was it in the car when so, they repossessed it? So so I actually had three suits. Um, okay. but the the one. I would say it was the most fit, you know, how you like to wear your suits. Yes. That one was in there. So I went back to box suit ish and uh, didn't, it was cool. It was long enough till um, somebody was gracious enough uh, in the elevator. One day I walked up to him and um, I said, Hey, how you doing, sir? He's like, Hey, how are you? Didn't give me to make any eye contact. And uh, I said, Hey man, my name is Ishmael Henson. I just started here, you know, whatever, whatever. He was like, good. He's like, where are you from? And I said, I'm from North Carolina. Um, and he looked at me, looked at my suit. He says, I can tell. And walks off the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so wow. <laughs> the guy in L.A. is like, hey, you a country bumpkin from Correct. North Carolina. Correct. Wow. So a little harsh, man. But I do got to give a shout out to uh, my longtime mentor uh, and friend, uh, too. Um, Mr. Harry Wright. Uh, Harry White, who actually baptized me, um, who was my pastor in college, who actually bought me three really nice suits. Wow. Uh, and also my uh, mentor, another mentor of mine, Jeff Jacobs, who is a. Uh, Wait know, a minute. Now, Jeff is the agent for Mike Krzyzewski, the Duke coach, right? Correct. Yeah. Jeff, wow. Yeah. Jeff Jacobs is, you know, when you think about uh, and he's going to kill me because he is a very low key guy. But when you think about some of the biggest uh, talk shows and things like that in the history, um, he's been a part of uh, when you look at uh, the Oprah Winfrey show, when you look at. Uh, Ryan Seacrest, when you look at guys like Jimmy Fallon, um, all of these individuals he's represented at some point. Wow. Um, and so this dude is a pioneer in the business, but he, uh, you know, he was one of the, he was the first agent I actually ever worked for. And so he uh, gave you a chance, gave me a chance, man. Why would he give a country bunkin <laughs> suit wearing black guy from North Carolina a chance? Yeah. So, you know, Jake, um, man, Jake is, probably one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Um, and he's at the top of his, he's at the top of the game, top of the food chain in terms of business, but also just overall sort of character. He's a, he's a, he's Jewish. Um, and so um, he is just a very special, special individual, but um, you know, Jake, you know, he, he, everything about Jake says like opportunity, right? Like, one of the big, one of the things he was big on when I was working for him, like, Hey, Ish, I appreciate you working for me. You're doing all this stuff on me, but you got to figure out you, like, I want to help cultivate you. And so like my first year as an agent, I would call him and he would always give advice and give guidance and things like that. But like Jake, again, shout out to Jake. But like when I first started working for Jake, um, <laughs> at some point he'd like walked me over to the century city mall. And I think he, you know, with no exaggeration, literally bought me like 10 suits and 10 pair of shoes to go with it. Wow. Um, and then <laughs> when I was getting off of his desk uh, and getting um, getting promoted to go what we call the trainee program, the dude bought me like another 10 suit wow. uh, and another set of shoes with, uh, you know, all of the bells and whistles to go with the stuff. And it wasn't the the tall Heimer suit that I was used to here. I mean, I'm talking, you know, purple label ties and all of this stuff. And again, I I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm saying this about um, a person who. Uh, had no obligation whatsoever to ever give me a chance. Yeah. And he did. And I'm so, uh, you know, ever grateful to him. For well, that. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, how are you going to give back to somebody? Like yeah. So, you know, Bill, I spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time um, talking to uh, current high school students now who 
thinking about if they want to go to college, what, what they want to do or not. Uh, and I also spend a lot of time with a lot of current college students now who have interests in the sports and entertainment business, but also have interest in other things as finance or, or whatever. And so what, what I believe my one of my callings has been is that uh, I, like Odell was to me, where when everything is sort of gone to shreds, right? Um, I've tried to do my best to make myself available to individuals who are exactly like me. Some have had it 10 times worse. Um, I did a lot of uh, mentoring uh, in the city of Memphis uh, when I was living in Memphis at one point. And, um, you know, if you know anything about Memphis, you know that there are some, you know, there are some rough areas of Memphis. And uh, at one point I was actually uh, mentoring and sponsoring um, a family out there, a family of four boys. Uh, three of them have now gone to college. Um, one is he's a senior in high school. I'll be going to his graduation here soon. Uh, but through, I would say, you know, through direct sort of uh, mentorship uh, and in addition, like here in Greensboro, um, I've sort of laid a foundation with a lot of the real estate stuff that I've done around here. And again, I don't, every kid I come across, I don't push it down their throat that they have to go to college. Um, they're a group of young men uh, here that have been helping me on a building that I'm building here. And, uh, you know, I've been teaching these kids brick mason um, and, you know, in real estate investing and things like that. So, um, you know, Bill, I, I've, I've done a little. Um, I want to do a lot more. And um, yeah. But you know, it's, it's interesting, Ish, and please don't forget this. This is the one that's touched me most. At your graduation from North Carolina Central University, at HBCU University, you did something very special. When the family came to celebrate you, you kind of turned the tables. And also, eventually, you went on to University of Memphis and got your master's degree. But what you did when everybody came to celebrate you for your brother. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah. So part of my uh, fun to move to LA was to stack a bunch of money throughout, um, throughout high school or throughout college uh, and go to LA and pursue this career. And um, when I was in high school, my brother um, was in college. He was at college at uh, St. Andrews university. Uh, His name is Brent Henson. Um, and he had to move back home. Uh, his, you know, his, his, his plan got deferred. You know, his plan was to go to college, play basketball four years and go work in somebody's bank and climb his way up the food chain and become a bank president one day. And so, uh, my mother had gotten sick. Uh, she had uh, got cancer. Um, and she, she, he had to move back. And so he just quit. He didn't quit school, but he had to leave school. So he had to leave school and come back and work like two jobs or so. He was working at Target and somewhere else. And uh, because of that, I, I'm forever grateful um, to him. You know, I tell him all the time, like, there's there's not a thing he can never get from me or there's, there's not a day where he'll ever need or want for anything because I always take care of him. So he came back home to help support the family. Help support the family. Yeah, it was because uh, it's it's three of us. He's the oldest. And uh, I was in high school. So I was a soft, I was a freshman or sophomore. My middle brother was probably a, I don't know. uh, uh, He's a grade above me or something like that. We were all in high school or whatever, but he came back to support the family and um, man, he, you know, put all his dreams on hold. And so what I did, I had saved up a little bit of money and uh, my graduation, you know, obviously everyone was there to celebrate me as the first uh, person in our family to ever graduate college. Um, And that's not just immediate. I'm talking cousins, everything. 
And so um, what I did is I had, I didn't tell him, um, I didn't tell anybody there, but as they started to get up and praise me, I said, Hey, uh, in so many words, Hey, um, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my brother who pushed me and, and gave me the opportunity by coming and working, and supporting our family, take care of our family. But because of that, I'm going to give him, uh, I can't remember what the number was, but I think it was like $6,000 to pay for his last two semesters of school. Um, and that's what I did. So the, the $6,000 or so that I had to use to LA to get me through those first couple of months, um, I, I gave it to him in a check and told, you know, and, and um, told him to go and finish out his dreams and I can take care of it from here. And uh, he went back to school. He went and finished up school at North Carolina A&T. And uh, now he has his bachelor's of uh, science and um, he's a school teacher and uh, he's living life. He's enjoying life. Wow. Great story. Great story. Holy cow. That's, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what to say. That's just, that's just inspiring. The, uh, you know, you, you took your mom, uh, I think you brought your mom to Israel and yes. the civil rights trip. Did she come on the civil rights trip? Please? She did. She did. She did. She came and, um, uh, we had so much fun, but I'm so used to build. I'm so used to build traveling by myself. So yeah. when she's trying to take extra pictures of stuff that people tell us <laughs> do not take pictures of, and she's always the last person to the bus. Um, no, but anyway, I love my mom. She had a great time, but that was a trip actually where I was kind of contemplating, uh, of just going alone. And Odell was like, Hey man, you got to take your mom. How many moms ever get a chance to see that they uh, can ever get a chance to say, Hey, they went to Bethlehem. They went here, they did all of these things. And so for my mom, she still talks about it today. Um, actually it's a picture on her phone from being over in Israel. Wow. Cause it's like, as a little girl growing up in, in, in Sunday school, like her, um, all you hear about are these places. And right. so to be able to go there and, and my mom, along with uh, um, Carla, Sadie and a couple others, they brought back all the sand. So I have all the sand in my house. Oh man. Um, but anyway, like, you know, my mom is, uh, she, she is incredible, but yeah, she went on a trip. She had a great time and um, she's actually looking forward to going back again. How um, so. old was she when she went on that trip? Mom, let's see, Bill. I hope she don't listen to this because she's gonna get mad at you. She will listen to <laughs> asking it. me this, but I'm just gonna Odell say. Odell told me to ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm just go. gonna say she was 49 plus. Okay, that's so I'm fair gonna enough. say 49. Yeah, plus. That, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. She, she was gonna be 49. <laughs> she's not 50. No, no, yeah, she's oh, not no, 50. No, no, no. We're not. We're not going there. We're not going there. But you the, know, my my issue, Bill, was this. Here's a mother. And a black mother who has made sacrifices for her children, believed in her children, cried for her children, prayed for her children, all this stuff. And now a thing about life and all the listening audience understand this, you have to live a life to experience a life. Mm -hmm. So you have these children with all kinds of dreams, all kinds of aspirations, all these things. And we want to tell our kids, you could do anything you want to do, but it always don't work out that way. So here it is, success. And mom gets an opportunity to taste the fruit of her labor. I know Ish thinks it's his labor. You think it's your labor. I think it's my labor. Um, your mother, when, Bill, when did your mother look at you and say, Billy boy, I'm proud of you? Or when did my mother look at me and say, Odell, you made it? Or when did his mama look at him? Because we all have mothers. And a lot of times our children don't always turn out the way we think they're going to turn out. So we have a chance to give back to our mothers. My God, do you remember the experience of mom or dad or whomever said to you, you did good boy. Yeah. I can remember those days. The, uh, you know, when your parent tells you you've done a good job, man, that's, that's just gold. It's just gold. I mean, in parents listening, tell your kids, encourage them uh, because 
you know, they may not tell you that they need that, but they do need it. They do need it. The A-ish, you, you also had an experience going through the Israeli security system. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, I believe, not I believe, yeah. The, the issue that I had when we went to Israel, I, I held the entire trip up for about two hours or so is because uh, my name is Ishmael Ishmael Henson. It's not Irish. No, it's not Irish. Not Irish. (laughs) (laughs) So I believe that um, at the border patrol, uh, they uh, they had asked me, was I Muslim? And I told them I wasn't. And there was a gentleman that walked up and uh, they sort of escorted me off to a side private room and just asked me like a million times, was I Muslim? Uh, And I told him I wasn't. But I think that based off my name, and with the state of things uh, in Israel at the time, um, it, there was just some security measures that they wanted to be 100 uh, percent sure on. So um, things were I had no issues once I got inside, but I did have some issues at uh, Border Patrol. But it was based off uh, just trying to verify that I I, I believe that I, I wasn't Muslim. Yeah. And uh, you also had a special stamp. Yes. Yeah. I had a special stamp. <laughs> I had a special stamp. Uh, yeah, they they put a stamp on my passport that uh, I didn't learn about until I got back over here and asked a friend uh, who I won't um, say their name because I'll probably get them in trouble, uh, who works in that field. And they said that it was just a um, a, a passport stamp for high risk uh, or yeah, high risk individuals. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. Kind of scary, that's, right? Yeah, it yeah, really is. Yeah. Well, especially when you know you. You um, you don't know the language. Yeah. <laughs> You've been yeah. traveling for 12, 13 hours. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it was a little intimidating, but I had an amazing experience in Israel uh, and I'm excited to go back again soon. Oh, that's great. Have you been to a communist country? Well, no longer. There's not a lot of communists, but. No, not right offhand. Not that I could think of. OK. Yeah. 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 You? Well, I have, but uh, I'm wondering if that stamp would cause you issues in traveling other places. Yeah. 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 No, I, um, yeah, I've traveled quite a bit, Bill. And it's, I took the stamp off by the way. <laughs> I took the stamp off. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I took the stamp off, yeah. but I haven't had any issues. Yeah. But uh, do you even know the stamp was, how did you discover the stamp? Not, not like it's a bug that people plan on you, but what made you discover that your passport had a special stamp on it? Well, they, they kept the passport for quite some time until I got ready to leave. I never got any of the ID, my phone or any of that back. Uh, they took all of that. And so when I got the- They took your phone? Yeah, they took my phone as well. Did you get it when you left the country? No, they, they gave it back to me when I got ready to leave uh, out of the airport. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, wait a minute. So here we are. We land. You land in Israel mm-hmm. and you go through um, customs. Yep. And in customs, you got um, designated- as special and they took you into the little room mm-hmm. and the little room for two hours and you were being questioned mm-hmm. and they took your passport, your phone and your ID wallet, yep. and they went through everything. And then they came back and keep asking you questions. How did you handle that stress and that pressure? Yeah. I mean, I, I've probably never been more intimidated in my life. Um, just because, again, the the language barrier one. Um, and I don't know anybody who's comfortable sitting in a room and everybody's talking about them and they don't know the language. Right. And you're just sort of sitting there like um, and 
and, and all you can think about is, Hey man, like, I don't want any issues. I don't want any trouble or whatever. And so uh, I was very intimidated, but <clears throat> with the, with the stamp, it was not a, um, it's not an ink stamp that they put the shows that you've been in out of the country. I did get that, but it was almost like a sticker that you put on a license plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put it on the very back, but as you peel it off, it comes off in one piece. You, you familiar with what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, so, you know, like yeah. you don't want somebody to steal your license plate. You make So that's what it was sort of like. Um, and I didn't take it off while I was there in the country. But when I got back, I contacted a friend um, and they said, yes, you could take it off. Uh, and this is why or this is what the uh, the concern could have been. Now, Rabbi Fred Gutman at the time, who was traveling, a couple of rabbis was traveling with us. The good thing about it is we were on a trip with 40 something individuals. And the whole time that uh, audience, we were going on an interfaith trip to Israel and it was we were going coming in from all over the rabbis who was there and the group never left you. Never. So the whole time you were there, you had the rabbis talking to um, the custom people from Israel, explaining to them who you were, you were part of this and everything. And we've, we're thankful for that. And yes. I think the fact that you said you held the trip up by two hours, <laughs> none of us, nobody left you. We didn't leave you to work it out. They wouldn't leave without you. Yes. No, that is, that is, that is very true. Um, and I think that through a lot of that is how I, uh, developed such a bond with Marilyn, uh, who I believe was the trip chair or put a lot of that together um, because she was concerned. Uh, Rabbi of Ben Gideon, uh, Rabbi Andy, uh, Rabbi Andy, who uh, sometimes I had to realize is not my um, is still a rabbi and is not my age. But I look at him as a brother. It's a big brother to me. Um, and we're super close. And so, uh, again, he was he was concerned every step of the way. And uh, the one thing I loved about that trip, though, is, you know, everybody, we all formed bonds that I feel yeah. like will last for the rest of our lives. Um, I, w- I tried to walk somewhere by myself and it's like, no, I'm coming with you. Um, or, you know, Carla or whoever wants to go somewhere by themselves, And we're all sort of going in a team. And I think that was a purpose of the trip. So I believe that I made some lifelong relationships on that trip. Um, you know, I was just walking through downtown Greensboro the other month and, uh, uh, Ron and his wife have uh, exhibit Milstein. Milstein, yep. yeah. Ron the man in his uh, nice drop top car. Uh, I saw Ron cruising through downtown and stopped by their uh, art exhibit, and so I was very fortunate and blessed to go on that trip. I feel like I've met met some really great people and some lifelong friends. But uh, but yeah, that was that. Yeah, I agree with you. I was on that trip, and uh, the friendship. So our friendship is one of them. But uh, Ron was my bus buddy, <laughs> so you had to have a bus buddy, folks, on this. And and uh, so we would always say, "Where's my bus buddy?" You know, you didn't have to sit with him, but you had to make sure he was on the bus. And uh, and we became good friends with Ron and Victoria. In fact, tonight we're going to go over Lenny Samet's house. And there's going to be a couple people there from the trip. Wow. And we're going to do uh, the uh, smoking cigars and bourbon and a glass <laughs> of wine for the pastor. And, not uh, for the reverend. For the, the pastor can do that. Not the reverend, right? That's right. Yeah, correct. That's right. That's right. He can watch us. It's not on his diet or his <laughs> program, I guess. It's the, uh, but, you know, that trip was really special. And, um, yeah, I, I love Israel. I'd go back again uh, and spend more time, quite frankly, because I think, you know, we're so busy learning that you really didn't get a chance to decompress and take it all until you got back. And then you started thinking about, wow, that happened and that happened. And everybody was so gracious when we went to the Jordan river to be baptized by Odell. Uh, Oh, can I tell that story to the audience? Sure. Wow. So audience, I wish I could uh, share this video clip. 
but uh we might put it on the uh the podcast oh that'd be incredible that'd be incredible so everybody's getting baptized by odell and was sadie assisting you yes and so <clears throat> there's this crazy white guy that ends up getting baptized and they dump him in the water and he comes up shouting hallelujah or something like that <laughs> and literally everybody who was there turned around and looked at us and it was an incredible funny hilarious experience but that that white guy was bill and odell <laughs> dumped him in the water he come up yelling hallelujah yeah. and, then <laughs> I, and i said mazel tov mazel tov yeah correct <laughs> and uh everybody just looked at everybody like matter of fact even the rabbi andy and bit of gideon laughed at that that was uh that was funny. So yeah, Bill was the highlight of the trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, of one of the reasons was, you know, if the water was really cold, <laughs> and I felt the spirit, man. <laughs> I got shrinkage. Everything. <laughs> understood. Understood. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, what common ground? Here we are. 40 something individuals, some white, some black, some young, some old, some Christian, some Jewish, some non, um, no, no, I don't want to say no, no religion, some gay, some straight, just a little bit of everything and everybody and everybody was welcome at the table. And we traveled together for 10 days. And now it's hard. I say this quite often and I mean it, it's hard to hate up close. So whether you're a Republican, uh, Democrat, independent, um, way right, way left. It didn't matter. We all came back as friends in a better understanding. And that's the purpose of our podcast. No, we're not always going to agree on everything. Ish thinks he's looked better than I. He doesn't. He doesn't. Odell's <laughs> the best looking black guy on this show. And but we came back with an understanding. And that's what I want the audience to always understand. Let's try to seek common ground. We may disagree on 85% of everything. But if we can go to the 15% and get some traction, Bill, I think that 15 over time could grow into 16, 17 incrementally to the point that I don't have to agree with you, but I can at least respect your position and why you believe the way you believe. And that's just kind of how it is. And that's my thoughts. Bill, what's your thoughts on that as we wrap up? Well, you know, I think you're right. The uh, There was a definitely a melding pot of people and personalities and you know when you're traveling international and you're not you're got it you got the time change jet lag and we're, we're going from you know six o'clock in the morning until six o'clock at night you would think at some point people would get irritable and or you know short with each other and i never saw that uh never saw that at all the uh and some people like you said were slower than others walking around. So we just all changed our pace. And, uh, and he, he's right. Ish is right. If, if somebody went off, somebody went with them. And uh, so it was, it was a great trip. Uh, Ish, we're getting toward the end and we always ask our, our guest about common ground. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, love to hear it. What, what common ground means to me? Yes. Well, first I just want to say you guys are doing a, a heck of a job with the show. Uh, I have actually listened to, I want to say almost every single show. I didn't get through the last, I didn't get through the Rabbi Ben Gideon one just yet um, halfway through, but you all are doing a great job. I think that <clears throat> everywhere I travel, I feel like everybody's always blown away that somebody can have so much love for their hometown uh, like I do. And uh, I just love Greensboro. But one of the things that I love about Greensboro 
is just the, the amount of talent here, whether it's real estate, whether it's Boy Scouts, whatever it is, right? We, I can honestly say we have people in Greensboro that has done it at the highest level. And so with this show and this platform, I believe that the, the bridges that you all are building uh, just with the idea behind Common Ground um, can f- help and fix a lot of things. Um, you know, when you look at an individual like a, like a Marty, who we all adore and we all love, um, there are probably some people out there that don't really agree with Marty, but they probably don't really know Marty that well. Mm. Um, and if they sit down at the table with them, like you all have done and like you all do and find common ground, I'm sure they're, they'd realize there are a lot more things in common where they're, uh, they're not in common. And so, uh, again, I'm, I'm more than grateful for the opportunity you all let me on the show, but even more proud of you all as mentors of mine and friends um, that you're doing something like this in the state of North Carolina, in the world with 25 countries in baby. Um, and just keep, keep it going. Cause like I said, you guys are going to build some bridges with this platform, um, that could probably never be done any other way. And I'm excited to witness it. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting. I introduced you to my family over the years and you've taken a likeness to my mother who will be 80 years old in June, but also Miss Beauty Richardson, who's 101 years old. She'll be 102 in October. And you call them, you just periodically call them. They say, oh, I heard from Ish today. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing calling a 101 year old black woman in South Carolina who lives down a dirt road, man? You hanging out with movie stars, man. What's that all about? Yeah, uh, well, I call Miss Beauty Richardson for our audience that doesn't know. She's, uh, I would literally call her, give her a name of an individual. And she'll just pray with me right there on the phone. And so as we go through our busy lives, right, we're all hustling and chasing something. We have no idea about who's actually praying for us. Mm. And if we did know, we'd realize that Miss Beauty Richards is 101 years old. If she lived, you know, to be 103 and I can only see her once a year, I'll probably only see her two more times. Mm. And when you put things in perspective like that, it's like, wait, like, I'm not too busy to call this woman and have a conversation to talk about God and the things that keep me grounded. Um, and for the audience, 90% of our conversations are about fishing because <laughs> I love the fish and she loves the fish. Um, the one time I actually took her fishing, I want to say she caught about 30 fish and I caught like two. Um, and she told me to go stand in a spot and, and this, she was 90, 798 at the time. Uh, she told me to go stand in a spot. That's where all the big fish were. And she went up like right on the bank with a cane pole and was literally pulling them out one by one. Cane pole. Now, a cane, cane pole. Explain what a cane pole, because people in other countries. <laughs> it, now, cane pole fit with that suit you had on a cane pole. Correct. Yeah. Cane pole. Um, a cane pole is a, is, a, is a piece of bamboo. It's about 14 feet long. And she had just a little string tied to the top of it and a hook. And, a worm, you know, I don't even know how she, you know, built this, but it was not, you know, this wasn't something she could have got from Gander Mountain or Dick Sporting <laughs> Goods or something like that. Uh, and matter of fact, her hook, the, the hook that she was using wasn't even it wasn't even through a hole. It was like wrapped around. It was crazy. Um, but again, like that's, you know, to me, she is a she's a guardian angel to me. Hmm. Um, and I have so many people like that that. um you know, Odell's not the only people be like, man, I heard you talk to my grandma, my mom today, you know? Um, but again, I believe that those people are praying for me. And I believe that those people that pray for me are the reasons why um, I've gotten through a lot of the situations I've been through. So 
that's uh that's that. And I'm forever grateful for Miss Beauty Richardson, uh, who I just uh, called and your mother, who I just saw on our Mother's Day. Oh, wow. uh, as I went down deep sea fishing with Odell and a client of mine and I won a fishing contest and we'll put that picture up for the viewers as well. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I was going to be quiet, but it, but, but the first day Odell won the big fish contest. It really wasn't a contest. I got a, a I don't want to say a speckled trout, but a, a trout, you know, in, in the river and sea trout. Yeah. Sea trout. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how long it was. Well, the second day, Ish pulls out this doggone five and a half, uh, five and a half feet long shark. <laughs> wow. You know, you can go to our website and they'll see the shark. Ish, I mean, I'm like, well, I'll be dog. Ish catches a big old giant shark. Yeah. So, <clears throat> again, I won a fishing contest, Bill. So, you know. And then, Bill, we had a little pot, you know, because we don't gamble. We had a pot like bingo. And you know what Ish had the nerve to say? What? Hey, y'all keep your money. Oh, I'm <laughs> taking your money. Not I didn't even take it, dog. Let him keep it. Man, keep that's it. that's rubbing it in there. Isn't exactly. It? Man, <laughs> he wouldn't even take y'all keep it. Yeah. I just want to let y'all know that I am the man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you cook or eat out of those fish? No, we didn't cook them. Uh we had a we had a everyone had traveled in for the fishing trip and we were all flying right back out. Um, so we did not cook them. Well, we we just did catch and release. Catch but it was fun. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's a, that's a lot of fun. Well, that's great. We'll have to go fishing, the three of us. Yes. The, uh, I've got a guy down in uh, Myrtle Beach that takes you on the inshore and you go for bonefish and redfish and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And, Love that. Uh, yeah. And so it's shallow, you know, shallow things and tarpon. So we could we could probably do that and hang out down there. Well, Ish, it's been great to have you on the show. Uh, we certainly enjoyed your company. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting, Ish. Um, you understand South Carolina, you understand Geechee Gullah accent and Beverly's grandmother's mother, Miss Beauty Richardson, who you referred to earlier, her mother used to say a prayer, Miss Lily Manigault. And the prayer was this, you know what I done ya for? I ain't got to tell ya. So let me interpret that for the audience, our new audience. What she's saying is God, you know why I'm down here on my knees. I do not have to tell you. So I want to end the show and bless you ish with this. God know why you down Yafa. You ain't got to tell him. So you just keep listening. You just keep being who you are. We are so proud of you because you never forget where you came from. And that's not a positive or a negative. That's a reality. Like the young folks say facts. So thank you for being you. Thank you. And I tell you all the time, you're probably going to be a Paul Bear at my funeral or speak at my funeral, but it's okay because we love to plant trees that we know we never experienced the shade bill. Mm. And we're, we're at this point in our lives mm. at 62. I told people uh, who came in for my birthday and deep sea fishing. I said, you know, when I first started, I was poor. So I used to collect money. That was a big deal. Secondly, I used to collect things. Well, now at this point in my life, I'm collecting memories. Mm. In memories of you, Bill, memories of Ish and so many others. That's what I'm trying to do. Collect positive memories for people so that when Odell Funeral comes, I'll be with Jesus, but I know that the memories will continue to live on. Well said. Well said, brother. Amen. I wanted to uh, say, man, I'm I, I'm going to be honored to be a Paul Bear at Odell's funeral. I'd be a uh, light casket to carry once he loses 50 more pounds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets All down right. 50 pounds, man. That's yeah. going to be an easy yeah. casket to carry. There you go. Thanks. 
Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, Executive Producer. Jeremy Powell, Creative Director. Jacob Sutherland, Director. All rights reserved. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 Chief Financial Officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PNL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.